0: News Talk 1110, 99.3 WBT. Pete Callender here. I want to welcome back to the program Bill O'Reilly. You just heard his uh, daily O'Reilly update here on WBT. He's also uh, the author of 18 number one ranked nonfiction books, including the Historical Killing Series, the best-selling nonfiction series of uh, all time, with nearly 19 million books in print. And by the way, if you go to his website, BillOReilly.com, he has the killer bundle. Get three books For the Price of Two, Killing the Legends, Killing the Killers, and Killing the Mob. Bill, welcome back to the show. How are you?
1: I have to give you a compliment, Pete. You are, I think, the only radio broadcaster who accurately stated what the killing series has done usually as a uh here's o'reilly and and he's got some best sellers <laughs> and 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 they um there's 18 but we don't you know it's all over the place but you very methodically ran it down and uh, of course killing the legends the latest bestseller great christmas gift nice to be with you today
0: well now i have now i'm worried that when I when I say goodbye to you at the end of the interview that I I don't mess it up so no pressure no, on me just, uh, <laughs>
1: just everybody to billoreilly.com Christmas store and and they can figure it out we got the greatest stuff and the greatest prices there
0: and uh, and the websites going well looks like millions of people following it as well and I saw you got a ton of content up there as well yeah uh,
1: we try to be a uh, news agency now that the other news agencies run by the corporations aren't covering the news any longer So there's a big opening for us. And, you know, I get a lot of mail from abroad, South Africa, Philippines, Thailand, um, down under, New Zealand. Um, So, uh, you know, the word's getting out around the world that at least if you come to BillOReilly.com, watch No Spin News, uh, we're going to cover the news, what's important. Whereas the others now, if it doesn't play into their narrative about helping the Biden administration, they're going to ignore it.
0: Well, I think this is, it's a, that's a good entry point here because of the, uh, the Twitter files or, you know, the Hunter Biden laptop story. And there's this nexus between them, but also with what you just mentioned, corporate media ownership. And with more people going on to their own platforms like you are now, I've been on there at, uh, my own, you know, podcast platform as well. Like there is way more opportunity for broadcasters now to, to sort of, you know, chart their own course. But, You also see if you have this social media and corporate media nexus like that puts a damper that's an obstacle for people that are trying to do I think what you are doing right now and others like you
1: well the biggest obstacle is time because people are so busy and they're getting crushed by the Biden economy and they're trying to figure out ways to uh, keep their lifestyles provide for their families um, so they don 't have a lot of discretionary time to go down hunting for accurate information, and that that I think we saw in the midterm election vote, so that you had this enormous uh, amount of people going to the polling places or, or you know mailing it in, and they didn 't know anything they just didn 't know um, so i 'll give you one really interesting fact, and we just did it on uh, WBT radio. Um, This year alone, Americans have lost $7 trillion in private assets. $7 trillion has disappeared from your bank account, from your home's worth. I mean, it's staggering. Yet, you will not hear that on NBC, ABC, CBS, or CNN. You simply ignore it and And so, people go to the polls, and they don't understand how bad this whole thing is, and then they cast a ballot for people who are responsible for making it bad. I mean, it's just stunning
0: so do you all right so let's talk about uh red wave that wasn't right um the midterm election so uh, do you think it was mainly the fault of Republicans? Uh, what about the Trump influence uh, or Mitch McConnell and the, the, the expenditure decisions that uh, these groups, these, these PACs made?
1: Well, we can run it down. Um, first of all, there is a majority of Americans now who don't like Donald Trump. So a majority of voters don't like him. And so if he were attached to a certain candidate, um, with exceptions like Vance in Ohio and other places, but many of the candidates that attached themselves to Donald Trump lost because of that attachment. That's absolutely true. Um, Republicans in general, I think, ran a campaign that was responsible. That they said, "Look, uh, you know, we don't want socialism. We're not going to wreck the economy because of a uh, Green New Deal theory." Um, we want to get back to um, a sane country as far as woke is concerned. I think those things were all powerful, but the majority of people don't pay attention. As I cited, they're mm-hmm. just too busy trying to get through the day, and so they hear these things and they read them on the internet. and And there's a lot of propaganda on the internet, that's for sure. And so they showed up, and it was much, much closer than it should have been, with exceptions of states like Florida. In Texas where you had a clearly defined a Republican agenda. Here in New York, um the Democrat governor, who is responsible for horrendous violent crime, I mean we're talking dead bodies in, subways in the subways and streets here, she won. Because yeah. ninety percent of American African Americans voted for her. Ninety percent. I I mean it's staggering because that's where the murders are. Right in those neighborhoods. So you reach a point where people get what they deserve.
0: So uh, let me ask you, I've been noticing uh, the mayor of New York City uh, drawing some flack because he has this uh, preposterous idea, hey, maybe we should remove the mentally ill from the streets in order to, you know, help them, but also to, uh, you know, avoid the kinds of Uh, You know, pushing people in front of subway cars and such that uh, some of these uh, people suffering from psychosis, this behavior that they're engaged in. Do you think that that this actually leads to change in the city if it's coming from this mayor?
1: I don't see how the city has the resources to do that, number Mm -hmm. one. So the police department doesn't want to be rounding up mentally ill people. So who's going to round them up? I mean, maybe they'll order the cops to do it. But then where do you take them? There's nowhere to take them. Yeah. So you can talk a good game as a politician, but fewer New Yorkers believe that this is going to amount to much. Now, the solution is um, to have therapeutic centers built in every major city in the country where the authorities with a doctor's, after a doctor uh, examines, can compel mentally impe- ill people to go to the therapeutic center. That, that means they can force them to go there. That's the solution to the problem. But that's far, far away because the left doesn't want that. The money is, would be astronomical, but in the end, that's what's going to have to happen if the homeless situation is going to be controlled.
0: Well, and, and there's this perception and belief that it's inhumane to do what you've just described even though i would submit it's it it is the opposite it is humane to to take people off the street if they are a threat to themselves and they're not uh able to to live without you know this sort of, i mean it is it's a form of slavery these addictions that they have and the mental illness that they have and if they're not treated and helped I mean, you're basically condemning them to die in the streets which is what i've heard People say in San Francisco, like, they just, they go there to die. That's why they go there.
1: Well, there's a number of things. Look, most drug-addicted people do not want rehab. Mm -hmm. Every study shows that. They like living in a state of inebriation. They don't want to go and kick the habit. Most. Those who do certainly have opportunities to get rehab. They're there for them, and there are and a plethora of drugs that can uh, get prescription drugs and get them off and the withdrawal and all of that. That's number one. Number two, public safety always trumps an individual who says, well, um, it's inhumane. Yeah, okay, we're going to have the ACLU, and you know what they do and who they are. They're always going to say that because they want a chaotic system, but public safety dictates... That if a group or even individuals are hurting people, which certainly these homeless people are, there's no doubt they are, okay, that the authorities have to protect the public from them. that's a mandate. you have to protect them, the law abiding citizens, and it's not happening right so you know, I can destroy these arguments in thirty seconds pete it's It's a bunch of gibberish. Um, You want to solve the problem, therapeutic centers, you get these people in, they get examined by a physician, physician says no, they can't care for themselves, they're a danger, they go to the center, period.
0: You can hear him every day here at 1145 Bill O'Reilly, and he is the author, obviously, of the Killing series, best-selling nonfiction series of all time, 19 million books in print also. Go to the website, BillOReilly.com. The Killer Bundle, get three books for the price of two. It's a great holiday gift idea if you're still looking for uh, for gifts for the hard-to-shop-for reader in your life. BillOReilly.com. Bill, always good to talk with you, sir. Thanks so much. Thank Merry Christmas.
1: Again, and I uh, appreciate the nice plugs on the book, uh, Killing the Legend, is still going great, and we hope people check that out. Let's talk again soon.
0: Absolutely. Yes, sir. Bye. Merry Christmas. Let's talk 1110 993 WB 704 570 1110 1 800 WBT 1110. Email is Pete at the Pete Calendar Show. That is Calendar with a K and then an A and an L I N E R. No D in the middle of that last name, by the way. No D. All right, so uh, you want to look for a new holiday tradition to get started? Maybe the kids are a little bit older now. You want to take them out and do something, but you don't really know what to do. Light the Nights Festival. I just answered the question for you. You're welcome. Light the Nights Festival. It's at Truest Field. It looks amazing. It is now through January 6th. There's an ice skating rink. There is a 150 foot long uh, snow tubing hill. It's got six lanes on it. And uh, I think, uh, yeah, I think the left two ones, you got to have an easy pass to up. Uh... Oh, I'm kidding. No, I'm just kidding. But you can also enjoy the light show, the live entertainment. They got holiday treats, Christmas trees, Santa Claus, shopping. It's going to be a, I mean, it's a, it's a fantastic looking event. Go uh, check it out. It's now through January 6th. Tickets are $10 for the festival 25 to include the unlimited ice skating or snow tubing. And you can also get a pass that gives you unlimited ice skating and snow tubing for 35 bucks. It is the light, the nights festival. Also. At some point in this here program, you can win, is this a pair of tickets? It doesn't say. I'm assuming it's a pair of tickets. I'm going to say a pair of tickets to Leonard Skinnerd and ZZ Top. Not right now. Don't call right now. It's not right now. Leonard Skinnerd, ZZ Top, they are doing their sharp-dressed simple man tour next year, September uh, Friday, September 1, 2023 at the PNC Music Pavilion. And so you want to listen. Don't call now. You want to listen for a Leonard Skinner tune or a ZZ Top tune at some point in the program. And when you hear that tune, that's when you call. And let's see, Z is the last letter of the alphabet, so we'll take the 20. 20- no, I'm just kidding. We'll do- <laughs> Well, I'm not going to make Bernie screen dozens of calls here. Uh, so uh, we'll do like the fifth caller. Fifth caller. Let me write that down. Fifth caller. So I make sure I don't give out any misinformation throughout the program. All right. So you want to listen for the tune. It's going to be a bumper tune. And then you hear the bump tune. Skinner, ZZ Top, whatever. That's how I, don't. Don't call now. Do not call now. Also, they got special guest Uncle Cracker, but I'm not going to play one of those songs. That's not going to happen. I I would not even know. I don't even know. Do I know enough? They had one. Didn't they have a big hit? Or was that just Cracker? Is Uncle Cracker the same as Cracker? They're different. So Cracker has an uncle, probably for whom he's named. No?
1: Cracker's better than Uncle. (laughs)
0: Cracker. Okay. So, yeah. So they are two different bands. Okay. Just for the clarity there. But you want to be listening for a Leonard Skinner or a ZZ Top song, Be the Fifth Caller, And then you will get the pair of tickets for the show on September 1st, 2023. Don't call now. Okay. With all of that out of the way, we got a lot of stuff to get to. So, let's see. Last uh, uh, Thursday, or this past Thursday, a couple days ago, Brett Jensen from uh, Breaking with Brett Jensen, WBT News guy, he uh, had on his program Sheriff Gary McFadden once again. And... Uh, uh, Brett asked the sheriff a couple of questions about the lawsuit and in general the process because the sheriff says he can't talk about the ongoing litigation about the slow rolling of the concealed handgun permits in Mecklenburg County. We are the only county that is facing the kind of foot dragging that our sheriff's office is doing. So I've got that audio. I pulled the audio and we'll take a listen to that. That'll be in the next hour. But I also have Sam the Bank gets arrested in the Bahamas. Sam the Bank arrested in the Bahamas just hours before he was going to testify at a hearing on Capitol Hill. I mean, via remote access. He was not going to be there, even though he was like, oh, yeah, I could totally be there. I'm not going to get arrested or anything. And then he got arrested. Uh, So we'll have details on that in a moment. Zeppelin. Stop it. All right. News talk 1110 and 99.3 WBT. Sam the Bankman freed. But not freed, just arrested, actually. So totally not freed. Sam Bankman freed, the disgraced founder of the collapsed cryptocurrency exchange, FTX, was arrested in the Bahamas yesterday after U.S. prosecutors filed criminal charges. Sam is going to have himself a new kind of polycule. SBF's arrest followed, that's what they call him, SBF, which I hate, I don't even like calling it, gives him some sort of like, I don't know, some street cred or some sort of uh, you know pedestal positioning. I, j- I don't like it. I don't want to call him that. 30 years old, he was scheduled to testify in Congress today about the collapse of FTX, which was one of the most powerful firms in the emerging crypto industry until, of course, it imploded virtually overnight last month after a run on deposits exposed an $8 billion hole in its accounts. Prosecutors for the Southern District of New York confirmed that Sam the Bank had been charged and said in an indictment... um, That would be unsealed today. Separately, the SEC, piling on, said in a statement it had authorized charges relating to Mr. Bankman-Fried's violations of our securities laws. The criminal charges against Sam the Bank include wire fraud, wire fraud conspiracy, securities fraud, securities fraud conspiracy, and money laundering. That, according to the New York Times, citing a, quote, person with knowledge of the matter, So who knows who that is, but we should totally trust the New York Times. They have now unsealed the indictment, so I'm pretty confident that this is still accurate. Uh, It just it like just got unsealed. So I, I pulled this story a couple hours ago, so I believe it is still up to date. It is still accurate, but it is the New York Times. So I know it's kind of a big gamble, but Sam, the bank who was the only person charged in this indictment, was taken into custody by the Bahamian authorities. He was arrested shortly after 6 p.m. at his apartment complex in the uh, resort named Albany, located in the Bahamas. Don't know why. Yeah, I don't know. why. Have you been to Albany? Why would you call a resort? Anyway. The timing of when Mr bank man freed might be moved to the united states is unclear while the bahamas has an extradition treaty with us the process can take weeks sometimes even longer if a criminal defendant contests it oh and i just saw this uh, apparently um sam the bank's dad who is a uh, stanford university professor of tax law um did not know that the, like, $16 million mansion in the Bahamas was uh, in his and his wife's name. But he did not know that. Which, of course, why would he? I mean, it's not like that's his area of expertise. He is a tax law professor, right? Not a real estate law professor. Come on now. I mean, who among us has lost track, right, of, of, a, of a $16 million mansion. I know I misplaced them regularly. I, oh, do I, did I own that? I didn't even realize I bought such a place. I thought it was a timeshare. Sam, the bank was cooperative during the arrest, according to a person familiar with the matter. There's another one. Another person familiar with the matter. It's going to be held overnight in a cell at a police station scheduled to appear today in magistrate court in Nassau, which is the capital of the Bahamas. Sam, the bank was slated to testify remotely about the FTX collapse in a hearing in front of the House Financial Services Committee today. That hearing uh, still going ahead, just not with him. Several people, by the way, there's a there's a part here. I'm to, Well, I'll, I'll let me finish the details out of The New York Times and then I'll. Uh, I'll make a suggestion. Several people familiar with the investigation said the speed with which authorities moved in filing criminal and civil charges was an indication that prosecutors and regulators had received information from cooperative uh, cooperating, sorry, cooperating polycule witnesses. No, I'm kidding. It doesn't say polycule. It says cooperating witnesses. But probably from the polycule. Prosecutors in Manhattan have been examining whether FTX broke the law by transferring billions in customer funds to a crypto hedge fund called Alameda Research. That crypto hedge fund was also owned by Sam the Bank. And it was run by Sam the Bank's girlfriend, on again, off again, polycule, domiciling girlfriend. Um, FTX's, uh, FTX's collapse began early last month when a run on deposits revealed a little bit of a funding gap, a little bit of a budget hole about $8 billion, and then Sam the Bank sought a lifeline from a rival company, Binance. That deal fell through as soon as Binance looked at FTX's books, and they were like, oh, hell no. Surprisingly, for an executive facing criminal investigations, Sam the Bank had given numerous media interviews in the wake of FTX's collapse at the recent Dealbook Summit, like he literally made an, an appearance at a New York Times event. And he blamed, quote, huge management failures. Love the passive voice there. Management failures. Dude, you're the owner. As well as sloppy accounting for the implosion of his company, insisting that, quote, he did not ever try to commit fraud. It just happened. I wasn't trying to commit fraud. Fraud just happened to us. And by us, I mean you. Right. He said, uh, he did not knowingly dip into the funds of FTX customers to finance other investments. Knowingly. So he's, so there's, he's, not, he's not good at this. This is not going to end well. When FTX filed for bankruptcy, Sam the Bank stepped down as CEO. He got replaced by John Ray, a seasoned corporate turnaround expert, um, who said, oh my God, this looks terrible. And he's the guy who had to unwind Enron after that accounting scandal that destroyed the company, right? That this guy, the guy who was in charge who was put in charge of Enron in order to clean it up and wind it down, he's looking at this this like this is like a nuclear fallout zone. All right. You know me, I'm not a conspiracy theorist. But, yeah, you could hear that coming, right? But um Am I supposed to believe, according to the New York Times, that this was, they moved very quickly on this and they said, oh, that's because, that's because there's probably somebody, you know, cooperating, right? There's a cooperating polycule witness, right? That's what they said, according to a person familiar with the matter. So solid sourcing there. Now, is it possible that maybe the timing was driven by something else? Maybe they wanted him in custody prior to today's congressional hearing i I understand he's testifying remotely but he was still going to be put under oath and it was going to give republicans a chance to hammer away at him for donating you know tens of millions of dollars to democrats he did spread the money around with uh, some republican organizations and some of his executives did as well but was there a pr benefit To taking him into custody before he could testify under oath on Capitol Hill? I'm just asking questions. I I don't know. I do find the timing to be highly suspicious, especially when the New York Times points out, well, you know, we know that this seems kind of quick, but it's because probably someone's cooperating. Yeah, I don't know. Why not let him testify? Why not let him go under oath? Think about that. If you're a prosecutor building a case, why wouldn't you want him to go there, get sworn in, say some stuff, and now you can have a now you have an on the record under oath uh uh file that you can use against him. You have his own words under oath to use against him when you bring him in. Why would you short circuit that? Except maybe you don't want him under oath. Just spitballing. talk 1110 ninety nine three wbt uh, By the way, congratulations are in order because uh, our morning show, Good Morning BT, uh, has... Oh, where did I just close the email? Did I just close it? I apparently just closed it. I will open it back up. Here it is. It's open now. Uh, Good Morning BT with Bo Thompson and Beth Troutman. The, they have come in number 12th on the top 20 list of mid-market news talk morning stations morning shows rather by Barrett media uh Barrett news media top 20 mid- are we mid-market I thought we were we're like the 15th biggest city in America they need to redo our MSA I think we're bigger than mid-market but congratulations good morning BT and uh Bo and Beth and I guess Bernie, too, because he's part of that show. And John Moore and Jim Zoki, Tony Marino and Pam Warner, um, they all help put that show together, all make it fly. And it is uh, number 12 on the Barrett News Media rankings for uh, for morning shows. They have not released the other shows, uh, but I'll keep you posted for the other day parts when they make those announcements. Um all righty, so Twitter has dissolved its trust and safety council. I thought I felt a little less safe today. Uh, A little bit less trusting. That's why. This was an advisory group of nearly 100, quote, independent, civil, human rights, and other organizations. This is from Sky News, okay? So they seem to be, like, on board, totes, with uh, with the Trust and Safety Council composition and its mission. Trust and Safety Council. Almost a hundred different organizations labeled as civil and human rights groups. Just, what do you think? Knowing nothing about any of the groups, but if I had to choose, if I had to speculate as to who got these appointments by the last management group over at Twitter, do you think these folks would be more on the side of the heavy-handed moderation of people they don't like and their politics that they disagree with? Or do you think they're like totally First Amendment free speechers? The company, now run by Elon Musk, formed the council in 2016 to address hate speech, child exploitation, which they completely failed on, suicide, self-harm, and other problems on the platform. It uh, It had been scheduled to meet with Twitter representatives last night, but according to multiple members, Twitter informed the group via email shortly before the meeting was to take place that it won't be taking place. And oh, by the way, the Trust and Safety Council is disbanded. The volunteer group, oh, I'm sure it was volunteers. The volunteer group provided expertise and guidance on how Twitter could better combat hate, harassment, and other harms but didn't have any decision-making authority and didn't review specific content disputes. Mm -hmm. They They were just there to offer their expertise and their guidance on how to combat hate and harassment and other harms. They weren't making the decisions themselves. They were much like Jack Dorsey, CEO of the company. Shortly after buying Twitter for $44 billion in late October, Elon Musk said he would form a new content moderation council to help make major decisions, but then later changed his mind. Last week, three council members announced they were resigning in a public statement posted on Twitter that said, quote, contrary to claims by Elon Musk, the safety and well-being of Twitter's users are on the decline. Again, people, I feel the need to point this out. Use the block feature. Use the mute feature. Use the list feature. Use the feature that says uh, that prohibits anybody from replying or commenting to your tweets. that, That you can restrict replies to only people that follow you. And then you can actually lock the account. So everybody that wants to follow you, you have to approve. These tools exist. But for the love of me, come on. I'm tired of listening to people complain about, oh, my gosh, the harm. There were these tools in place. Utilize them. Utilize them. Holy smokes. It's just ridiculous. All right. Uh, Coming up next. Mecklenburg County Sheriff Gary McFadden, the only sheriff in the entire state of North Carolina, running all of the concealed handgun permits through the VA, even for people that have never been in the military. He appeared on Brett Jensen's program on Thursday. I listened to it. I pulled the audio. I have some thoughts. Up next.